Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Blessings and peace, everyone. Peace and blessings. My name is Jordan Brown, and thank you one more time for joining me on A Peaceful Moment. On today, we got Miss Kathy Cuevas, a beautiful young lady who's trying to make it big in the film industry. She's going to be talking about her mental health journey and the trials and tribulations she has faced so far in the film industry. So sit back, relax, and be peaceful. Good evening, Kathy. How are you? Hello, hello. It's very nice to be here. Alrighty, thank you so much for joining me on the Peaceful Moment. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you for inviting me on. <laughs> so my good friend Kathy is here to talk about her my YouTube channel and my short film that's coming out soon. So let's get into it. Before we start, Kathy, go ahead and plug yourself. Tell me all the projects that you're working on right now. All right, Tell all me right. all your social medias. Go ahead and talk about yourself. So it's at Kathy Cuevas on everything. So it's at Kathy underscore Cuevas on everything. Two C's. And then my YouTube, you can look up, look it up through searching Shade Night 98, just like that, just how it's spelled all together. And I am currently working on a vlog. Vlog mm. that's coming out every every week, every Thursday. Mm-hmm. And it's just me recapping my week. And then, but something that I'm really excited for, um, by the end of this month, I plan on releasing a short film, a quick two-minute short film. Um, yeah, it's going to be horror, and it's going to be really cool. Mm-mm, right in time for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Right in time for the spooky season. Uh-huh. I know that's right. All righty, Kathy. So, before we deep dive into everything, let me ask you about your mental health journey real quick, okay? No problem. Is that okay? Yes. Let's get into it. <laughs> Can you give me like a specific time frame when you started that mental health journey? Well, when I became self-aware and wanted to help myself mm-hmm. mentally, I would say, seriously, it started um, in college. But I really didn't start thinking about it until probably around high school age. So mm-hmm. like until I was like maybe I want to say 17 around there, maybe younger, probably younger. Um, yeah, I was a really, really sheltered kid when I was younger, so I was very naive to the fact, many mm-hmm. things. I grew up in, like, a pretty decent-sized home, so mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of siblings. Um, I think there's, like, six of us in total, so I'm the middle child, and uh, I understand what it's like to, you need to speak the loudest to be heard. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You said you're the middle? Yes, I am the middle. Oh. Mm-hmm. There's four of us in total, but, like, I, I'm pretty much the middle. I have, I serve as younger and older sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, so, yeah, I, I there was uh, a lot of I needed to I didn't get a lot of attention, at least not mm-hmm. as much as I wanted to, because I was a very I was very I want to say I was spoiled, but I was also very um, self-aware of what I of the position I was in exactly. and my role in the family. Yeah, you have to be, of especially course. if you're a middle child, because like you saw your parents when they were at their lowest, because that's when like they first started having kids. They really know how to handle exactly. being parents. You see how they treat the oldest versus how they treat the youngest exactly so you got both sides of that spectrum Mm -hmm. so you have to be like aware because you know how crazy your parents can get and you still have to be humble about like okay i can't really do too much do you think you ever experienced like mascot syndrome 
What's that? So mascot syndrome is like, um, you know, like Piper, right? Our high school that we went to, their mascot was the Bengals. And the person inside that mascot uniform, their biggest job is to make the crowd as hype as possible. They do backflips. They do like they dance around to the music. They jump around the field and stuff like that. So do you think you had to do that in your family? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. You know, you got to be there for your younger, younger siblings and just also be there for your older ones because they're out, out they're out there looking for you mm-hmm. but it's also just like you got to keep face a lot of the times exactly not to say that's what it was like 100 percent of the time because my sister did a really good job taking care of all, like all of us because her situation was um very particular because she had also had a whole different family across the the u.s because um mm. uh we, she's my half sister we don't share the same father so and how does she she is right now she just turned 26 gotcha. no she didn't just turn 26 she turned 26 in march gotcha so um, four-year difference around there yeah okay, four or five okay. year difference same thing with uh, I think my youngest mm-hmm. young, youngest brother Michael he just turned 18 mm. it's crazy when you see your, your youngest sibling turn of age <laughs> your come of age it's really <laughs> you're a person I know now. you're not there yet but <laughs> it's really crazy yeah because it was the same kid I saw um, I was waiting with in the Sedano's parking parking lot for oh our mom to God. come back <laughs> when he would cry whenever our mom would like leave the would leave the car mm-hmm. but I digress. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I was very, like, I had a role in the family. I was very aware mm-hmm. of that. I would say especially, like, going through relationships mm-hmm. helped me. Because I feel like the biggest thing I needed to work on when it came to my health, mental health was allowing myself to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Allowing yourself to feel. Because I remember during my first relationship, I was very overproductive and I was defensive of like mm-hmm. my opinions and like if how it would come off like I really didn't know how to act how to be and I feel like most people are especially during the first ser- serious relationship but um no yeah and I think the biggest thing that I got from my me- mental health journey and it's still going on of course never ends mm-hmm. um just learning how to be more confident exactly learn how to like learning how to trust yourself yes trying to like so I asked my therapist about that one day right um, I was on, uh, during quarantine, I was doing therapy, but we had to do it over the phone. So it was kind of mm-hmm. weird. So I asked my therapist, I was like, how do I learn how to trust myself? And she was like, what? And I was like, I was like, can you hear me? Like, is it, is <laughs> it <check>. working? <laughs> and she was like, what do you mean how to trust yourself? And she was like, it's you, you, you should trust yourself. And I was like, but how do I learn how to trust myself? How do I get to that point? And she was like, you think of something to do and then you do it. You keep doing it. And I was like, oh, I wish I had like the explosion, the explosion sound button thing. The boom, boom, boom. Yeah, man. You got to be your crazy. number one fan. Absolutely. Exactly. Especially if, if you're going into the industry or any creative industry, you got to learn to believe in yourself mm-hmm. and believe. Yeah. Trust yourself. And if you can't do it, then that's absolutely fine. Just keep doing it till you can. <laughs> <laughs> Fake it till you make uh-huh. it. So um, how long did it take to like for you to start seeing those flaws, to start seeing like, this is my problem and I need to fix that. When did? Um, definitely uh, when hanging out around my best friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. Should I name drop? Is that fine? No, right? If you want no, to, okay. girl. <laughs> if you need to. I'll just call her my best friend. But yeah, my best friend that I hang out right now is just like she's so well-rounded and so centered mm-hmm. that um, I see how the way she goes about doing things and the way she goes around thinking about things. And then I compare. It's not good to compare, but I compare myself to her in the fact that what can I improve on? You mm-hmm. know, what are the things that she's that make her so level-headed and so like unique to her perspective? And mm-hmm. how can I apply those good qualities, those good attributes to myself in my own way? So, and 
hanging around with her definitely let me think about my past in a more objective way. Oh. Definitely, because I think it's very important, especially for me, to know when you're in the wrong. Gotcha. Know when you're the bad one. Know when you can improve and mm-hmm. own up to it. That's a big problem with a lot of people is that they don't accept their flaws. Because you got to know yourself before you can fix yourself. Ooh. You better talk to us, Cassie. <laughs> it's really funny that you say that because one of my biggest problems is I think, like, I put more so of, like, all the the wrongdoings on myself. So, like, something's going wrong in my relationship. I'm like, okay, what? what how do I fix this? How do I fix this? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird from somebody to, like, actually say <laughs> what can, saying the exact same thing, like, what can I do to make this situation better? But you want to improve yourself by saying that and i'm trying to prove other people by improving myself (laughs) so it's kind of weird that you said that i was like what but it's very but it's also very important not to be hypercritical of yourself Mm -hmm. because that's what that's what starts the spiral that's what starts depression so just being fair fair with yourself being like the give and take give and take Mm -hmm. i like that how far have you come like give me like a compare and contrast man let's see um my character is definitely much more stronger than I was or I was probably in high school. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say uh because I was like I said before I was very naive to the fact I was very secluded. I like being alone. I still love being alone. Don't Ooh, get me yes. wrong. <laughs> and um I was very mm-hmm. naive uh about my surroundings and very secluded. Um and I just didn't I didn't really like to speak cuz I didn't want to have to defend what I was saying mm-hmm. I didn't want to have to like go through like because also very emotional I'm a cancer <laughs> I'm very like hyper I was very hyper uh sensitive hyper sensitive mm. to if people like criticize me or judge me or like if uh if like people yelled at me like that was a big thing because mm. like my parents <laughs> my dad uh raised his voice a lot with me growing up so I was very like scared whenever people would like raise their voice at me mm-hmm. especially teachers or anything like that oh so like I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're like basically. I don't know if I'm right or not, but it sounds like you were always trying to avoid trauma. You were always I trying to avoid that situation. Definitely, I was very frail, and not physically, but just uh, mentally and emotionally, I was pretty frail. Got you. Very defensive too. Oh, I went through so much angst. I feel so <laughs> sorry for my family. I was so <laughs> angsty. I was so everything. Every reply to everything was always like snarky or sarcastic. Mm-hmm. I think about myself then and think of how far I've come. It's definitely a long way. But now that makes I'm sense. More, yeah, now I'm more, um, much more relaxed. The fact, mm-hmm. much more, because I'm confident in myself, I can be more relaxed around other people. Because I know what I'm saying. I, I have the confidence in myself to back up what I believe in, and like I think flexibility to change myself at the time comes to that. Like if I see something wrong with what my my logic is, or like my my morals are, or something mm. like that. Introspection. You can ah, introspect. Okay. That's what it's called. Okay. When you stop and you look back, like damn am i the crazy one that's called introspection <laughs> yes that's really crazy because it makes sense that you felt like that because obviously you were the middle child so you said you had to always raise your voice so now as an adult you don't want to feel you don't want to be back in that position no more mm-hmm. and that makes sense because i felt the same way like in this in my house oh my god <laughs> like oh my goodness bro i'm the middle child on both sides of my uh my family mm-hmm. my mom uh my mom had five kids and my dad had five so it was my two older sisters from my mom and my dad had uh two older two two boys older than me so 
I was the baby for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So everybody always treated me like a baby, you know? And now I'm, when I was nine years old, they started having more kids. So now I'm thinking like, my whole dynamic has changed. Now I'm not getting enough attention. So then I had to realize like, okay, I gotta be my own person now. I have to like, I can't depend on nobody else. But me trying to be independent wasn't really working out mm-hmm. because I had that like that Napoleon syndrome. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. like, even though I was never a small kid, I felt small because everybody always treated me like I was small, mm-hmm. you know? So I had to be the biggest, I had to have the biggest bark. Yes. But people notice like, if you have a really big bark, that means you're really, means you're really weak inside. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of crazy. So what you saying right now, you speaking to me, yeah. Kathy, and I appreciate Beware. that. Beware. It's the people that claim to not. I know because I, I was this person most of my life. The people that say they don't care about most things mm-hmm. care the most about mm-hmm. most things. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Tumblr reference. The girl, um, the little girl who loses the, uh, the pageant, she's the one that goes home and microwaves her hamster. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't, but that. Because <laughs> you have to save face, like, and yeah. you have to save face. And, like, you just said that, too. You you have to, like, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to, like, to feel something. And I was not up for that. I was, like, emotions, and nah, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. I'll yeah, avo- avoiding trauma, like you said. I think that's a pretty good description for what that was. Yeah, you don't want to face it. But then, um, like, similar to, like, your story, I had to learn how to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because mm-hmm. I have a horrible anxiety do you oh, have anxiety yeah. oh yeah mm-hmm. How bad I don't is think it? it's crippling I don't I'm not gonna say it's too bad I, I guess nine to ten I'm gonna say it's like a I'm gonna say it's a six gotcha. on bad days it can be like an eight or a nine mm-hmm. but most of the time it's not like that I think it's pretty I saw this um tweet one time uh of this comic and then somebody compared for me it was really it, it spoke to me because somebody equated somebody tried to describe the feeling of what it feels like to be anxious mm-hmm. and they called it um when you step in the wet puddle and oh. like your your shoe is sock uh, mm-hmm. your sock is wet and like you have to like keep going about your day like that and how mm. like it's uncomfortable it's it, a lingering exactly. uncomfortable feeling that really like hit home for me that's exactly <laughs> what it feels like for me how does your anxiety manifest mm. internally externally let's see that's a good question. I've never thought about. Thank you. <laughs> How does my anxiety manifest itself? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess in, in more obvious ways, um, like for example, if I'm, uh, I guess that's not so much show anxiety. That's just nervousness. Mm-hmm. If like I have to do a speak, like a speech or something, or mm-hmm. like before public speaking, I'll, like uh, if it's really bad, I'll bite the edges of my my fingers like mm. the skin around my fingers to the point they'll bleed sometimes oh my goodness yeah it'll be bad but that it hasn't gone it, i have that hasn't happened too many times but um grocery stores make me really anxious it's the bright lights really mm-hmm. especially when there's like so especially oh, during corona right mm-hmm. now it got me it's been getting me really anxious to go to not even just catching it just like people like being like <laughs> the social <laughs> like the social ramifications of like the distance and like what I please. we are and aren't supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. it gets me anxious. I'd be like, please, you see that you see where your footsteps are. Please step on those footsteps, sir. You're too close to me. That's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else in other ways. I can't think of much. What about you? How's um, it? My manifestations. Um, I don't have a lot of external manifestations. Like I said, I have like Napoleon syndrome. So when I'm I'm like a bird. You know, like when a bird gets sick, you will never know until they almost die. Mm. You would never know if a bird is sick because they can't wow. show 
they're sick because if a predator sees a sick bird, that's the first bird they're going after. Mm-hmm. So birds save face, like just just like me. So um, what I do, I'll keep a straight face. You will never know I'm anxious. Like if I go on a date and I'm stupid anxious, they be like, "Oh, you're so chill." No, I'm not. I think I've seen that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you have a very straight face. Very, I know. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. And that anytime right. I'm anxious, like I'm, I get very calm. Yes. I get very calm, or um, and I just try to like. I remember when you told that AMC story. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> to us one one uh, one night, yeah, and then you were, exp- you you always you always describe how you're calm in situations like that. You, I have to be. Yeah. So now I'm not like that anymore. I don't I'm, okay. I don't do that calm thing no more. But that's how that's how uh, it manifests. But more so, my anxiety is like it's an internal manifestation. Mm-hmm. So I get like the intrusive thoughts, like "Oh my God, they're gonna kill me!" Like ah, I get I um, racing thoughts. Um, I blame myself a lot. Uh-huh. I start thinking about like what could have I done better. It's just a lot of thoughts. Ah, like, I see. Not saying. really overthinking. I don't overthink, mm-hmm. but it's like it's like that. They just come. Okay. So it's not like it's like a. Mm-hmm. You should have did something. This. You should have did that. You should have did this better. Okay. And it's it's more like that. I see. And I see. that, oh, that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, my stomach hurts when I get anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, I get really bad heartburn. Um, um like earlier this year when I was working, like um, my anxiety was so bad I would have heartburn from the time I woke up to the oh time I went God. to sleep. It was like that's constant horrible. heartburn. Uh huh. Because like. It was like the driving, because you know I drive for a living. I'm always driving. Yeah. So, driving from Broward to Miami, and you know Miami traffic is just, Whew. oh my God, it's it's pretty terrible. Jesus. It's pretty pretty awful. So like the heartburn was just consistent, and um, which is it's not that That's bad for crazy. me. Okay. Because like I have um, acid reflux. On top of that. Yeah. Jesus. So like I'm used to heartburn. Okay. But I know I didn't eat anything. I didn't eat any tomatoes. I know I didn't eat anything crazy. <laughs> so I know, like, the fact that I knew that it was my anxiety, it was, it was like, it was really rocking okay. my head. That's interesting mm-hmm. what you say about intrusive thoughts. They're not as bad for me, but I think for me, it's more so insulting myself. Gotcha. You. It's, uh, you're stupid. Mm. Why didn't you think of that? You're such an idiot. Why didn't you think of that? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you do that? But it comes and goes pretty fast it's to the point. I don't, I don't really consider myself as an overthinker because I'm pretty much, I'm the kind of person that like jumps off and then I'll learn to fly on the way down. Mm-hmm. So like I'll work, th- I'll like both feed into things really quick and then like I'll overthink how to like <laughs> do something. Mm-hmm. Like if I put myself in like any sort of like rough situation like that, whether it be like socially or like um, creatively. Um, but yeah, it's just like multiple thoughts uh, saying like uh, doubting myself. And I want everyone to know that if it's normal to doubt yourself. It's natural to doubt yourself. Mm-hmm. You need bravery isn't the absence of fear, it's conquering the fear. Gotcha. Mhm. It's always but you always should acknowledge your doubt and your fear. Because if you ignore it, like we've been mentioning before, it's just gonna it's just gonna grow. Exactly. If you don't, if it's you gonna don't. be there. Mm-hmm. One thing that really helped me, my counselor, my my therapist, she told me that your anxiety is natural. Mm-hmm. Your anxiety is just your body trying to defend itself. That's your fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. And so when you feel anxious about something crazy that's coming up in your life, that's just your body preparing you for a fight. You mm-hmm. know, so like my heart starts beating really hard. 
I see. It's not because like I'm scared of this. I'm scared of making a speech. My body feels like there's a tiger in the bushes back there. It's you know what I'm saying? It's threatened. Yeah. Exactly. So our bodies were never really meant to. Our bodies weren't meant to handle like these regular stresses for a long period yes. of time. Yes. Because if there's a tiger in the bush, either that tiger gonna get you and eat you, <laughs> and you're donezo, or you're gonna run away from the tiger and you're gonna you're gonna be okay and you live another day and you get better and you know to stay away from the bushes, right? Mm-hmm. But like the stresses of like of modern life, right? Mm-hmm. You can't really just like run away from the IRS. <laughs> you can't <laughs> run away from AT and T. Like FP and L is gonna be like, okay, we're gonna get you next time. FP and L is gonna be like, give me your lights right now. We turn them lights off tonight. When I learned that, like, oh, that's what that is. My body's just trying to protect me. It made everything seem so much easier, you know. Because you understood it. You I understood, understood it. Mm-hmm. I understood my enemy. I knew the name of my enemy basically. Mm-hmm. I knew who I was fighting in battle. Good. Because I was like, why am I feeling like this? What is this? And then I'm like, I know this is anxiety, but why? Why is that is supposed to happen? Mm-hmm. That's supposed to happen. Okay. So let me ask you, what um what kind of coping mechanism did you use? Mm, good question. Good question. Journaling. Ooh. Journaling over. I've been I've been a jur- journaler for I want to say around what year are we in? Twenty twenty. Almost tw- ten years now. So really? I started journaling in two thousand twelve. So it's been like nine, like eight years, and journaling really really helps because when you journal. Uh, you're not you're venting but you're not venting to someone so let's say I write a paragraph of me like being like depressed or being anxious or however I'm feeling at that moment in time and then I look back on it I think about how I was feeling in that situation and how Mm -hmm. I like solving that but it's more so a journal is a really good place to vent when it's not to anyone because I feel like like we've been talking about before it's very important to face yourself so like Mm -hmm. journaling journaling kind of makes you do that and it makes you like grow as a person too Mm -hmm. even if you don't look back on it even after like writing in it you're automatically you feel better wow because you took it out yeah i've noticed that i journaled a lot during quarantine that is crazy (laughs) i journaled a lot during quarantine Mm -hmm. i would recommend anybody do it i know some people blogging yeah actually blogging that's actually a good segue because the part of the big reason i started to blog was for my mental health because i actually you know me i love movies and i love film Mm -hmm. and i love all of that and if i wasn't going to the movies like watching movies or like making movies i get kind of like depressed mm. i get just like because i'm not doing anything i need to keep swimming like a fish exactly um, you're like a shark th- yeah because like sh- the sharks <laughs> don't swim they die yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> so i was really in a rut uh in i'm gonna say april april was my lowest point during quarantine mm-hmm. i wasn't like i was experiencing a block creatively mm-hmm. and just like i wasn't i was always cooped up in the house I was never alone, so it was just a whole mix of, like, a big dip. And then I was, like, uh, a close friend of mine uh, told me, like, hey, where's your movies? What, 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 where's your, when are we going to start making the movies? Like, All what's right. up? And shout out to, shout out to Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Ryan. Right, shout out to Ryan. He knows who he is. Um, and I was like, yeah, where are my movies? Where, what, what am I, what am I doing? So that's what urged me to start making the vlog gotcha. every week. Um, and it's been really fun. I really enjoy doing it. I really do. And that helps me right now. I think that's my biggest thing right now is the vlogs. They're helping me mentally, definitely. That's Keep really me busy. good. Mm-hmm. That's really, really Which good. Which I encourage anybody listening to go and watch. I don't do, like, acrobats or anything like that. But oh I, think it's, I think it's pretty interesting every week. There's some, some weeks I don't do much, but mm-hmm. I think the one coming out this week and next week are going to be really fun. I did watch the one... Um, 
I can't. I don't know the names. It's okay. But I watched the one. Um, I don't even remember the names to be honest. Where y'all was sitting by uh, <laughs> under the avocado tree. Yes. We With were Ranger. Out there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Ranger's the dog, by the way. Yes, Ranger is the dog that, <laughs> that appears in most of my vlogs. Because when you told me like uh, Ranger gives you a lot of uh, content. free content, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that's probably some weird stuff. You know, like <laughs> picture of the dog. Ranger probably like walk in. I'm like, what? But when like when I actually see what's going on. And you see, like, Ranger do stupid stuff. You see, like, how he looks on the bed. He's like... Ranger's Whoa. a character. He is. He is such a character. That's my best friend. He's not friend. even my dog. <laughs> not even your dog. Make sure oh we give um, him his, uh, his royalties. <laughs> so, on your mental health journey, did you lose anything? Did you lose any friends? I started thinking about this because I was going over the questions before I came over. And mm -hmm. I, I think the biggest thing that I lost was probably dead weight from relationships. Ooh, talk about it. Talk about oh it. Oh my god. Um, I just want to make it clear right now because um, that we are pretty. We're all friendly. Mm -hmm. I have two exes, two major exes right now, um, and we're 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 a cool, cool as cucumbers right now. And uh, they are <laughs> neither one of them are bad people. They're both uh, they're both chill. Mm -hmm. But you know, I still I learned a lot from being in them. And like, fuck y'all. Quite honestly, like fuck. That's okay. Fuck them. Honestly. If like if you guys are still friends, you should be able to say fuck you and still be friends. Mm -hmm. Because that's growth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz I just think about how much better I got as soon as I left both of those relationships. Mhm. Mm mm -hmm. Cuz one of them was very overbearing, the first one, like mm -hmm. the one I mentioned before. Um to the point I didn't even want to express my um I didn't even show him who I really was to be honest with you, which was don't get me wrong like I did a plenty of bad things during the both of those relationships okay. but I really didn't show myself during that first relationship I was like, scared to express my opinion for everything he was a Leo I'm a cancer uh, <laughs> you're like that doesn't fucking mean anything <laughs> <laughs> but like he was very out outspoken he had a very strong opinion over almost mm -hmm. everything and it was very um, difficult to like be completely relaxed around him which I had the exact opposite problem with the second second relationship to where um, I was like a mom. Oh, I didn't even damn. At, that, at one point, I didn't even feel like, man, like this is really... Like, I, was it kind of codependent? Yeah. Like, I needed to like encourage him to do everything. I wanted, I needed to tell him, like, yeah, you got this. You can do this. Just keep going. Because mm -hmm. me, myself, I'm a very self-motivated person. I've never really needed... I've never had a problem with motivation. Like, mm -hmm. I can always... I'm very consistent with some things. Ergo, the vlog or like journaling. Like Come I can, on. I'm very, um, I'm very consistent with things. So, and I, it doesn't take long for me to like lift myself back up. Mm -hmm. I, when I dip, it's dipped, but like it doesn't, I won't stay dipped for long. I won't stay in Got deep you. end for long. I um, mean, he was, he had a really hard time with that. And he was, um, I want to say he was depressed. I'm not completely sure, but he was like very codependent for me from mm -hmm. like a lot of things especially emotionally he couldn't generate any sort of like courage in himself unless he like uh like did something that boosted his ego like win a game or something like that because he was a gamer too but um <laughs> <laughs> just Both so y'all know my name is jordan brown and i don't like people who study astrology or are gamers <laughs> thank you good night <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i totally get it uh, no, yeah, so, like, I just learned so much. I felt so free after both of those relationships, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. And, like, that's where, um, because my, my best friend was with me during the, both of those. And she saw from her perspective, like, how they were and how it was after. Mm -hmm. So we would talk about it, and we, I, it would help me process what 
what I did wrong in those and mm-hmm. like what I want to avoid and want to stay away from. So I think those are the biggest things I lost, but I wouldn't really consider them so much as a, of a loss as mm-hmm. they were just like shedded weight. Shedded was, weight. Yeah. Got you. That's so good. We <laughs> love, because I love to hear like progressive stories mm-hmm. that people are like moving past something because sometimes the ones you love stagnate you. Yeah. The people who you care the most about is the person who's most likely to stagnate you because you don't want to leave them. Oh, and yeah. You don't want to you don't want to hurt them. Yes. But like, damn, at what point is you going to be like, I'm going to get better for us, you know? Exactly. Because that's the problem with codependency. One person doesn't grow and the other person gets burned out. Mm. That, that's mm-hmm. the problem you you just want to love so much you just want to give your all because you know you just know this is gonna work and you just want to i want to be everything for you because i made a big promise to you i told you i'll be there to the very end but you're holding me down so i still can love you i still can be friends with you we still can do everything that we did before mm-hmm. we just can't do it together yeah i fell out of love with the second one i thought i was in love with him but mm-hmm. i realized hey i, I love you but Listen I don't love you like Jesus loves you. My love is not. <laughs> my love is not conditional, oh, unconditional. I have my love is conditional. Mm. I, you can't. I can't love you. On the, you need. You need to get yourself up. Like this is like. Like you said, it's like you need to start doing better for the both of us. Mm-hmm. That's crazy though, because my love is unconditional. Like no matter what you do, no matter what you say, I'm always gonna love you. Aww. But when it's time for you to back up, it's time for you to back up. Yep. When it's time for you to get gone, it's time for you to get gone. I've only been blocked by one ex, and shout out to you for blocking me, because that was toxic. I really appreciate you for blocking me, because I would, if, like I said, it's, un- it's unconditional. Okay. And, like, no matter what you do, I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm going to show up the next day. Like, I'm ready for work. God bless you. And that's the problem. <laughs> so when I got blocked, I was like, yes! <laughs> Avoided that awkward conversation. So, what, what's left, Kathy? What's left? On your mental health journey. What else do you have to conquer? Very good. I need to conquer being more, going after what I want and being more, I know I've I've said I've I've worked on my confidence, but Mm -hmm. there's much more room to to improve with that because um, when it comes to, this is going to teeter into like going into the like the industry and like what I want to pursue. I'm a filmmaker, right? I want to make movies. I definitely like when working with others because like filmmaking is completely just a big group project, right? There's no like one person like responsible for making a movie whenever you see a movie it's like a group of people that tried their hardest to like come together and work on it and produce it mm-hmm. um and like a lot of times when experiencing like making films throughout um i'm almost done with film school but like making working with other people and working on uh short films and projects i've noticed that a lot of times i'll be like i'm really willing to help I'm really, I'm really willing to be like, I can do this, I got this, because I'm, I'm multi-talented, mm-hmm. honestly. I, I can write, I can draw, mm-hmm. I can shoot, I can edit. Mm-hmm. I can really edit. So, like, I'm always, I'm always willing to give, like, a helping hand to be like, hey, I can, I'll help you with this. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, you need that light? You need to fi- fix that light, et cetera? Stuff like that. But, like, um, a lot of times that energy is not reciprocated on set. Oh, that of is course. Not, especially since I'm a, I'm a girl. I'm seen as, like, oh, you sh- I, someone that can be taken advantage of. So, I think... Where I have left to improve is just knowing when to put my foot down, knowing when to speak up, and knowing that my voice is import- just as important as anybody else's, and I, I will let you know that I need to be respected. Like, hey, we can, we can work together on this, but I'm not going to let you treat me a certain way because of X, Y, Z. So, do you gaining think, my voice. 
I need mm. to work on that. That's your next chapter? Yes. Gaining my voice? Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Do you ever get compassion fatigue? Compa- Do you know what that is? I got a definition I have a right feeling. here. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I have a feeling I know what it is, but I, I, I probably definitely experienced that. Alrighty, for those who don't know, compassion fatigue is a condition characterized by emotional and physical exhaustion, leading to a diminished ability to empathize or feel compassion for others, often described as the negative cost of caring. It is sometimes referred to as secondary traumatic stress. Absolutely. That shit. That is not what's up. That, that is, is crazy. so draining. It's mm. tiring. Mm-hmm. It is because... You want to. Yeah. You never want to stop. Especially like, um, are you an empath? Um, no, I wouldn't consider myself an empath. But I do feel very strongly. Mm-hmm. I do feel emotions very strongly. But I wouldn't consider myself an empath, no. Mm-hmm. I'm an empath. Okay. But I'm, I am a little crazy, too. Mm-hmm. So my compassion fatigue doesn't turn into exhaustion. It turns into anger. So, Ooh, but yeah. I've been working on that though. I have really have me and my therapist. Aww. We got this together. Me and my <laughs> therapist. I really like her. But that anger is definitely understood, cause like mm-hmm. you just get frustrated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause I can't take this no more. Yeah. But okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what it is I, I, as a woman in this industry. I know I haven't completely gone into the industry, but that's definitely my my path right now i'm in the very beginning baby stages of like what i want to accomplish right now mm-hmm. in my however many year-long uh endeavors the film industry is really just like anything to do with cameras really and like where there is money to be made it's always it's a very male dominant male in any male oriented field it's very um easy for women to not succeed and i that seems like obvious but like because boys are very concerned with uh how it looks Mm -hmm. right they want to shoot they want to like record they want to actually be on set they want to make the production but almost none of them really talk about writing it Mm. pre-production planning it or like editing putting it together they're not really in for like telling a story and that's what that's my big thing is if the story doesn't go through in anything like whether it be a series movie for anything mm-hmm. um if your story isn't sorted out it doesn't matter how good it looks doesn't matter how well it was edited if it's trash it's not gonna make any sense exactly you know, story's not there it's not your story's it's a straw man it's not it's gonna fall apart mm-hmm. and a lot of uh people starting out don't think about that especially um especially men and my point to that is it's funny because most uh big name directors like for example uh scorsese and tarantino they have female editors Mm. They admit that um, females make better editors, quote unquote. Um, and that probably stems back to like the really beginning of like when movies were being produced in the United States. It was kind of seen as like knitting. It was mm. kind of seen as like things that you would like do with your hands. So like because uh, it involved like splicing actual parts <gasps> of film. Yeah. And in, yeah, in, involved like actually gluing them back together and stuff like that. So it wasn't until like really big like money started getting involved where people started spending thousands and millions on like these productions where mm-hmm. men started actually getting involved and like mm-hmm. n- names started being thrown out and stuff like that. So yeah, man, just like if you're a woman listening to this and you want to get into the industry, hit me up. Maybe we can collaborate. We need to support each other because like right now it's pretty it's getting better because the Oscars, um, the Academy just uh, released like this new uh, rules. Mm-hmm. Um, 
trying to push push filmmakers to be more integrated in their crew and cast. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't like it, but if you actually read through all of them, there's nothing that's uh, holding you back with actually creating like period pieces or something like that. It's just really to encourage like uh, diversity within like the industry. Um, and I have a video on that. Go ahead, <laughs> go to my channel. I break down all of the rules to, uh, and like dissect them and like put my opinion on them. Uh, another really big thing is that in any sort of like male-dominated career like situation, is that not only are women not taken seriously, but they can't improve themselves either. Because a lot of times men just want to have sex, right? Men just want to be like in your pants. So like they'll mm-hmm. say and do anything to like get you there. Right. So because of that, in the long term, it's hurting women because they aren't really getting better because they don't know what they actually need to improve on. Exactly. Right. So like women are just like always put off to the side when it comes to a lot of these productions. Um, I think an example I can give right now would be in TikTok. I saw this uh, morning that um, the new the new uh, the new horror movie Candyman. Mm. Right. It's being advertised um, as like. Jordan Peele being involved in it and they're like throwing out his name which is understandable because that's like a common marketing tactic that you know throw out a big name so that people come to see the movie mm-hmm. but he's not directing it oh. right? he's co-wrote it it's not his movie um, a black woman is a uh, is a uh, directing it her name is I think Nia but she's also set to write the next Marvel Miss uh, Captain Marvel movie and totally being like swept under the rug for this uh, for a man and don't get me wrong there's like multiple levels to Nia DaCosta Shout out to Nia DaCosta. <laughs> <laughs> I know she has like uh, a series on Hulu, but I digress. But it's mainly women of color that really like get the back burner and mm-hmm. like little recognition for these things. So it's just uh, kind of hard. It's hard to like have your voice heard, which is something I'm trying to like encourage. And right now I don't have a lot of viewership, but that's honestly completely fine with me because it gives me room to like experiment. Mm-hmm. I don't have like a big audience that criticizes me like hey you did this why did you that why did you do this so right now i've this is a really big growth period for me because i can just experiment with what kind of editing style i want or Mm -hmm. like what kind of thumbnail i want to use stuff like that Mm. Mm -hmm. so hopefully i'll get better or hopefully hopefully my storytelling improves because another big thing was uh just getting better at telling a story and getting better at the program Mm -hmm. so just getting just because people don't realize that a lot of uh, people that make it, like the Beatles and like a lot of good uh, people that are considered masters of their craft have put in 10 like hours before like their stuff gets like popular. Mm-hmm. Like the Beatles did hours of like concerts in, I think it was somewhere in Europe, right? I think it was Denmark, somewhere. But they would do like show after show to like get better on their, and perfect their craft. So like just keep, just keep doing it and do it because you love it. Because that's what really, that's the coal that's going to burn, like, move your train, Mm. is the desire to do it. You have to love it or else it's like, it's just a slow burn. Mm. Yep. And that's all I have to say on that. And that's that on that. Mm -hmm. So as we close, um, to everyone out there listening, Kathy, give us some advice, two pieces of advice for um, people that don't know they need to start their mental health journey and give a piece of advice for all the up-and-coming women in the film industry. Got you. So, for the people that don't know that they need to start their mental health journey, I want you to, I want you to look at yourself mm-hmm. with an honest lens. Think about, and that's okay, but don't judge yourself. Look at your actions up until this point. Think of your character. 
think of your integrity integrity up until this point and uh, ask yourself if you're the best version of yourself that you can be whatever that is whatever that is uh, because it's okay to not be perfect none of us are so just go ahead and start and think about think about what you can improve on and to all the women that want to get into, into this industry is to not give up quite I know that sounds cliche but really it's like just a matter of not giving up and persevering and knowing that this is what you want to get into this is what you want to do so do it mm-hmm. doesn't matter how many and it's going to be hard it's really it, it really will be I, I've, I don't have a lot of experience to like share but I can definitely I definitely know the experience of not being taken seriously mm-hmm. um, having to to speak up and it's going to be a struggle but this is what you want to do and go for it taking punches mm-hmm. just like that like so like that